as mentioned last time, um, last week, when the Tanya was split into a daily learning in a leap year, the way they did was that every day of the week was relatively short. As you've seen, some of our podcasts are two, three minutes. And then on Shabbos, because you have to cover ground, he gave usually a full chapter or a large part of the chapter. So today is the whole chapter 31. And chapter 31 is quite a chapter with a lot of details. But let's unpack at least the fundamentals of it. In the last two chapters, 29 and 30, we were talking about having an honest conversation with yourself. In 29, it was most focused on breaking yourself um, so that you can you know, rebuild yourself with an honest opinion of who you are. Chapter 30 was more about not judging others and therefore reflecting yourself, your own compromises. So chapter 31 follows up and then says, all this is going to lead to sadness. And you've been attacking sadness. Chapter 26, 27, 28, you were attacking sadness and now you're bringing in sadness. What's going on? Do you believe in sadness or not? So he talks about the difference between sadness and bitterness. In other words, sadness as in a depression, this heaviness, which pretty much is useless. The way he calls, he says it's, it causes the heart to be dull as a stone. No vitality, no arousal, no feeling, just dead. You know, for people who suffer from clinical depression or not even clinical depression, but just go through bouts of depression, they'll recognize this feeling of just nothingness. No emotion, flat, nothing gets through, nothing penetrates. That is, a, is not an emotion Rabbi Schneir is trying to encourage because that doesn't lead to anything positive. What does lead to positivity is a bitterness. You see, because bitterness is emotion. Depression is lack of emotion. Depression is deadness. Bitterness, on the other hand, is vitality. It's just not necessarily vitality in a positive way, an optimistic, you know, regenerated way, but rather it's more serious, but it's, it's with emotion, there's vitality there. And because there's a sign of life, it can be generated to use incredible growth. And sometimes a person has to use this bitterness to realign themselves. But he does say, try not to enter into this bitterness unless you're already there. In other words, we all have emotions, we all have ups and downs, we all have up times and down times. If you're in the up stage of your life, grab it. Don't, don't break it. You know, you're feeling in a good space, now's not the time to sit there reflecting on your, on your issues, etc. Celebrate the high. You know, ride the wave. But if you're on a low, if you're not exactly in the greatest space, you're, you're feeling emotionally down. So use the opportunity to use this bitterness for positivity. Allow this bitterness to generate growth. And that will cause you to be reflective, right? People are usually not reflective in the middle of their child's wedding. It's not the time for that. But you're in a serious time anyway. You're in a reflective time anyway. Now, use it not only to reflect about your physical stat status, which is maybe what generated that original down, 
but rather grab that moment and channel it towards sadness of a spiritual nature. And to tell oneself like this. Yes, I have issues. I have to deal with them. But this can also lead me to joy. You see? Because a person will say the following words, and I'll quote. Indeed, without a doubt, I am far removed, utterly remote from Hashem, and I am despicable, contemptible, and so on. But all this is true only of my body, with the, with the animating animal soul within it. Yet within me there is a veritable part of Hashem, which is present even in the most worthless of my fellows, as we said in the last chapter. So that even if I'm no better than he, I still have the part of God within me just like anybody else. The divine soul and spark of godliness itself, which is in it and animating me. And yet the spark of godliness is an exile. It's locked up within my body, within my animal soul. And the, the more it's locked up, the more the, my soul, my godly soul is in exile, the more compassion I have for it. The Rachmanus on it is great. And therefore I will make my entire aim and desire to extricate it from the exile and return it to the father, its father's house. In other words, return it home. Return myself to God. Realign myself. That my soul should be as pure and as alive as before it was enclosed in my body, before it was encompassed in my physical shell. And now, even though I'm alive and I have a physical body, I'll make sure that my soul will be absorbed and united with Hashem once again when I concentrate all my aspirations on the Torah and mitzvahs in an effort to take all my soul's faculties, everything it has, my mental faculties, my emotional faculties, my, my, act, my active faculties into Torah and mitzvahs, especially in davening, in prayer. I will cry out to Hashem to help me not be limited by my physical body, to help me be bigger. And because I will return my soul to its natural state, I will be able to serve Hashem with incredible joy because there's no greater joy than getting let go of prison. You know, you, when people are let go of prison, if they unfortunately have that or they're in an abusive relationship, when they're let go, it's one of the greatest joys there is because you're going out of an unnatural state and you're being, bring, coming back to yourself. There's no greater joy than, a, as he says, a prince who was taken captive and subjected to the hard labor of turning the millstone in prison while covered in filth, and then was released in, back to his father's house to the king. Yes, true, the body rem remains compromised, the body's still a body. It's not exactly going to turn into spiritual entity, at least not till Mashiach comes. The animal soul did not change, because we're talking about a Bainani, we're not talking about a tzaddik. The animal is still an animal. Yet, his divine soul will be more precious to him than his body. 
so that he can rejoice in the soul's joy. That's like he's training us to realize, yes, your body has its pleasures, but if you can train yourself to feel the soul's pleasure, the soul's pain, and then when it's released, the soul's joy, it's like an exodus. It's like this incredible exodus for the soul. And each and every one of us can feel it for our neshama. And interesting, he brings up this point. He says, this form of divine service in which the divine soul breaks free of its exile within the body while the body and animal soul remain in their lowly state is similar to the exodus of Egypt. Upon which the exodus of Egypt says, Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, it says that the people had to run away. Why did they have to run away? Pharaoh let them go. Why keep Baracham? They ran. Pharaoh was so smashed after the ten plagues, he would have let them go anyway. And the answer is because it wasn't just a physical enslavement, it was a spiritual enslavement. And the evil within the animals' souls of the, the people were still strong. Their impurity had not really stopped until the giving of the Torah. A certain level of impurity was taken away of the Jewish people, but that was only seven weeks later. But they wanted to get out. They wanted to get, even though they, the, the evil was still there, they wanted to get out, and therefore they had to run. And so to each and every one of us tries to run out, because we know the animal soul is still there, but we try to be bigger than it. When Mashiach comes, however, and evil disappears, then we're not going to run. You're not going to go in a hurry. Why? Because there's nothing to run away from. The animal soul will be transformed. Or rather, it will show its true colors as part of God. So this joy that we can have by letting our soul out of its prison can truly liberate us. And he says the following words of comfort. Certainly it's true, as I said above, that I'm remote from God when I don't serve him. But it was not I who created myself in a manner that permits the divine soul to be exiled. Hashem did it. Why then has Hashem done such a thing to cause the divine soul a part of his light which fills and encompasses the world to descend into this body? It must be Yeridah a descent for the sake of the subsequent ascent. In other words, going down for the sake of going up that I could elevate not only my godly soul but my animal soul and that will be my passion, my desire to make sure that I will elevate every part of my reality to God.